How are we doing? How are we doing? This is the Rise Creative Voice, and we're about to get this started. We're about to get this started. We're having just a couple of technical difficulties, but here we are now. Can everyone hear me? Can everyone hear me? Yes, no, maybe so. Can everyone hear me? I'll take a can you hear me? Yep. You're talking, but I can't hear you. I can't hear it. Okay. Okay. It was a whole mess up. It's a totally different thing, but we're talking about mental discipline and spiritual health. Thank you guys for coming back in because basically this is doing something that I don't know exactly what it's doing, but we're going to keep on going. We're going to talk about mental and physical and spiritual health. What is that? What does that look like? And we've, we've been doing um, season five. Um, it's a new year, what's happening now for quite some time. So we want to thank everyone for joining in. Joining and we would like we anyone like who want to get on the stage to get on the stage too. I see our, our co-host has joined in, Stephen Martin. Hello. Is that not working on your end? I see. Uh, oh. Should be working. I see my little audio bubble moving. How about that? You hear me okay? Hello? See, I can't hear Steven. I can hear you on my phone now. Yeah, something about your PC. Yeah, so let's hang up. Exit. Exit from the PC. See, it's telling me not to probably exit over here. Let me just turn the mixer down. Can you, everyone hear me? Yes. Okay, great, great. So I had to come over to the phone because <laughs> the computer wasn't working, so I just got off the computer. All right. So we're talking about mental, physical, and spiritual health, and what does that look like from a perspective of what health is, but I also want to turn it into wealth. Um, being that we can have mental, physical, and spiritual wealth. Um, we can definitely start with the mental side, the physical, and the spiritual. But I want to focus more right now on the spiritual being that number one God is, first priority. Whatever higher consciousness or whatever deity that you serve, it has to be some type of serving and surrendering to that person. Me personally, it's God for me. Um, and I can only speak for me. Um, and in the essence of being spiritual and healthy, that means obeying his will for me. Um, and being able to identify me doing the actual service of doing his will every day. And, and I think that that's a topic most people um, 
kind of gear from because of surrendering and not and, and not being able to try to be submissive is hard for them. And uh, I think that that's a conversation that we need to have because basically we're here and we're purposed for a reason. And that reason has to be a, substan a substantially part of the purpose why you're here on the world. You just wasn't, you just wasn't born on this earth just to be here. <laughs> so what are your thoughts, Stephen? Uh, I mean, I have a mouthful of words. spirituality, and we're be talking about mental health and the physical health as well. Uh, spirituality doesn't necessarily need a religious so, but spirituality in retrospect is one belief or understanding that there is more to one's consciousness than what we see with you. Dude, I don't, I don't know if there's any way to address this. We got a lot of feedback on your end there. Um, the long and short of what I'm trying to say is, is that even if you don't necessarily find yourself a Christian or you know Jewish or Muslim, you don't have any particular religion that you hold on to or any particular God that you pray to, it's still important to recognize that you still have the opportunity to be a spiritual person. So me, for example, personally speaking, I've not been a religious person for quite some time, but I haven't let go of the fact of the matter that I still understand on a spiritual level that there's more to life than just my general consciousness. So with that understanding, people can be spiritual about the environment. They can believe very heavily and very thoroughly on treating Mother Earth and nature and human beings as we should. That way we can prosper as not only a species, but as a planet. So people can find a lot of spirituality in things that don't necessarily revolve around God. But it's also important to recognize that if you don't have some form of spirituality in your life, something of which that allows you to understand that there is a greater purpose for you, and ultimately, it's a part of your pursuit as a person to want to go about finding that out. So if you say you don't believe in a certain religion, let's say, why is that? And uh, something we've talked about in prior episodes is that I've taken it upon myself with the opportunity I was given, and key phrase is opportunity, I was given the opportunity to study into all religions and to better understand the things I believe in and the things I do not believe in. And the reason I can speak on why I do not believe or on, in certain things and I do believe in others is because I've gone about the efforts of finding out what these things mean to me. So if we're going to focus on spirituality first, I think it's important for the, for the listeners to recognize that you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to believe in God to be a spiritual person. There's still spirituality in all of us in a way in which we can utilize to better ourselves and prosper in this life. So I think I speak on that side of the spectrum because I understand that you're fairly religious and I don't know if people on the other side of the spectrum recognize that I'm not. So I think it helps to have both viewpoints in this particular conversation so no one necessarily feels as if they're excluded from finding this themselves. And, and I totally agree with you because I think what we still have to understand, at the end of the day, we are purposed. And I want the, the key word is you're purposed here in this world for a reason. So what is that purpose? What is that goal in life in order to fulfill your legacy, to fulfill your calling, whatever it may be? No one knows it, but on my side, God, and whatever the spirituality, the, the higher conscious, the deity, or whatever, on the other person's side. But I think that the truth of the matter is the number one thing is that there is some type of spirituality within one's life. And what does that detail? And I think the more thing is, the more you become one in the spirit, you were, you were able to define or um, cultivate your physical and your mental because I want to um, um, change to mental now because I, I know that in a mental piece that 
it states in the Bible specifically, thy will keep you in perfect peace as long as your mind is stayed on him. So in my regards, as long as I continue to pray, worship, and do the necessary thing into the spiritual to God, my mental becomes a little bit more mastered as far as I continue to grow, being that I'm depending on that growth through him. And the thing is, in that growth, I'm identifying those things that I need to change and those things that I need to grow and, and, and being able to adapt and manage the mental status sometimes because sometimes this world gets you into a, I call it a pickle, and you start um, conforming to this world and thinking about the things that people saying to you and people telling you the untruth. And it's just a lot of things that they do and say, but at the end of the day, it's still you are the person who has control over your life on the things that you take in and the things that you receive too as well. And the one thing that we always try to identify is trying to um, socialize ourselves into this bubble or this conformity in a different society or clique. But then again, I am a one that says to be peculiar, be different from everybody else. And I think that can sustain your mental health. But then again, there has to be growth. You can't continue to do the same thing that you're 25 that you were doing at 13. So your growth, your mindset has to change from a mental perspective of going to the next level so you can grow and actually start growing in your mental too as well. What are your thoughts, Stephen? I mean, that was, that was a bit of a mouthful there. What are you exactly asking? What's wrong? Um, basically, uh, mental health. What's the, what, 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 what is your take on the mental health and the growth of mental health? Because we're talking about growing and prospering in these three areas. So the, the key idea is, I explained this on one of my other podcasts, and the, and the thing I was talking about is there are stages, um, infancy, preteen, and adulting. So what we still have to understand that sometimes we're still stuck in the infancy stages and all three of these areas and we're not able to relate because we have not moved or marked ourselves to move to the next level or the to come out the infancy stages and the infancy stages for me is anywhere from childhood up into the preteen ages and that thing is whatever that trauma that has you trapped, whatever that society, whatever that belief or that value that may have you trapped in there, that it still needs to be some growth and you experiencing new things and actually growing from something versus captivated by what was done back then. All right, so, All right, so I guess in short, my personal opinion, Three things of what you're speaking on, which are going to be again, your mental health, and then your physical. I think all of together. But what I think is inevitable is if you down, there's almost always issues, physical and your spiritual. So I think it's extremely important to recognize on all on three, all three. Need to selectively focus on one. You have you to start first, first because your mental is spiritual to have faith outside of the box, to be like different, and allow yourself to think, think above, above the general, normally allow broken mindedness and doesn't allow for growth and doesn't allow for the chance for you to truly become the better version of yourself. So if we're going to focus on these three things, it's important to know you cannot have one without the other. But if you find that your spirituality and your physicality are suffering, the chances are the leading thing to go approach and to take into consideration is your mental. 
your mental is what helps you wake up in the morning on time to eat a good breakfast, to do exercises, to try and be a better version of yourself physically. If you enjoy going outside and let's say rollerblading, bicycling, you enjoy doing Taekwondo, let's say all those things are which that you need your mental in order to do, because if you're not motivated, if you're not mentally there, if you're not focused, if you're not aspiring to be a better version of yourself through this mental pursuit, then you're not going to pursue the better version of your physical self, let alone your spirituality. So touching base on spirituality, we've already done. As far as mental, I think out of the three, if you ever are faltering on one, two, or all three of these things, it's important to focus back on the mental because normally that's what the root cause of the issue is. Still with me? Everyone has to find themselves in spirit. Yeah, absolutely, James. And that's that's the thing is like I grew up a very, very Christian individual. I was born and raised into it, and I absolutely practice it through thick and thin without any resentment, any remorse, and anything less but the ultimate faith in what I was doing. But what it really came down to was better understanding and understanding what practices I believed in because they were explicitly what I was taught or what practices I believed in because it was truly what I understood to make me and the world around me a better place and a better version of myself. So when it came to calling myself religious or spiritual, I recognized that there was no one singular religion that I could agree with in entirety. And that means from top to bottom, A to Z, one to a hundred, every aspect of one religion, I can't come to appreciate this aspect. But spirituality is something beautiful enough where I recognize I don't have to be committed to just one re religion, one understanding, or one belief. I can believe the better in all of these things to find the spirituality that best defines me. And that's why I made a point to say earlier on, whether you're Christian, you're Jewish, you believe in Islam, you know, whatever it might be, you have the chance, you have the opportunity to find a spirituality within yourself. And if you don't believe in any religions... That doesn't mean you don't have the potential to be a spiritual person. If anything, quite the opposite. In some cases, religion makes it easier to be spiritual. If you do it without religion, it's a much bigger challenge that you've accomplished because you do so without the guidance of literature, a church, a congregation, and a following. You've done so because you did it by yourself, and you found spirituality within yourself. And I think that's super key to what we're going to be talking about tonight. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. So I think what we still have to understand, for one, is I, I understand where you're coming from, too, too as well. But then you still have the beliefs. And what we do is have beliefs and value. And I already, I know we have a mind, but are we able to use that mind automatically come out of the womb? Or mimic a lot of things? You're cutting, cutting out, out uh, pretty, uh, bad. pretty bad. Every other word. Go ahead, go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes, go ahead and say. Yes, go ahead and say. Okay. So I think the biggest problem is that we still have to understand that from a mental and a physical and a spiritual, that do we actually, when we're born, able to go right into knowing what, who we are and what we are? And most of the time, it starts with beliefs. And for me, belief starts from a spiritual realm because basically you start believing in something. And you believe in the parents to nurture you. You really are are like vulnerable to them as far as them leading you because you know absolutely nothing. So I have to say more from my perspective that I feel beliefs do play a part in the spiritual realm versus the mental. But then again, through that, everything else is start building 
on mental and physical too as well because those beliefs do play in part because you start crying you start doing different things because of something that you need or want but it doesn't resonate for me that i'm mindful of what i'm crying for so you there I mean, <laughs> that was the only question. That was a statement. I understand. I, I definitely. It's where to start. And again, that's why I, well, I touched base on the mental because having, having had, had time committed, committed to, the, to the example, I've seen a lot, a lot of people great very spiritual it's affecting their opportunity to live within their spirituality and their physicality it's why i argue that your mentality is probably one of the most important factors to consider out of all three because without that you can't function in entirety within the other two and it's important to try and optimize your potential. And what that means is it makes the best case scenario or the best opportunity for yourself to succeed. Optimal means doing the best with what opportunity you are given, dealing with the cards you are dealt. And ultimately, like Judah said, in his case, his understanding and faith and spirituality came from experience and what he was taught. But we've discussed this. Some things that we've been taught are good. Some things we've been taught are bad, whether they've been cultured into us, whether it was our family, whether it was our friends or people who are not one or the other. It doesn't change the fact of the matter that it's our responsibility to decipher what's good and what's bad. And it's hard to dictate what that is. But following spirituality, that feeling within us, what tells us in our gut that this is a good thing or this is a bad thing, that is ultimately what guides us in this path that we're trying to lead to being the better versions of ourselves and putting out the best into the world. But again, full circle, I think we can't have any of the three without your mentality, without your psyche. If the brain doesn't work, doesn't matter how great in shape the rest of the body is. You can't move it. You can't work it. And the health doesn't matter and the body will deteriorate. So it's important to recognize that without your mental, you cannot truly put your focus into your faith. And you truly cannot put your efforts and motivation into your physical. So if we're going to focus on these three things, it's important to recognize thinking about these things and keeping your head on your shoulders and thinking as best you can is ultimately what's going to help you figure all this out. Because no single one of us listening in or talking on the show today is going to have the same path as the next person next to them. They might be similar and they might have some characteristics that are aligned. But ultimately, we were all human beings, which means we are unique. Our fingerprints, our eyes, our personalities, almost everything about us distinguishes us as us and as individuals. So with that in mind, it's important to recognize that no one person's path will be the same as the next. But we are doing the best here with the show to try and help guide each other towards the best path for ourselves. And... And Stephen, I definitely agree with you. You don't always go to the Bible for reference. So 1 Corinthians 15, 46 says, and I understand about the natural, and the natural could be physical or, or mental, but it says, how be it that was not first which is spiritual, but which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. So you, you, you're correct that we, 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 we come with the natural. We come with the natural first. We come with the natural. The New International Version said the spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. So in it, the, the Bible even says that too as well, being that we come in as this new person, the mental and the physical, and then more so the natural piece. And that's the mental and the physical. And then we then the spiritual come afterwards because we have to learn in the spiritual way, too, as well. So I, I totally agree with what you're saying. How do we decipher the health part being mentally grounded, being physically grounded and also being spiritually grounded, too, as well? So I think that's a question for our listeners. 
How do you know or how do you know you 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 you've reached that match or that ability to say I'm okay at where I am or I need to grow more in the physical or the spiritual or the mental realm too as well. The one thing that I notice when I start doing the necessary things of, and I want to call it mastering, but I don't even think it's mastered, but it's the point of knowing that I have peace. I have happiness. Um, there is joy within my life. And many, many times I don't worry about much or stress out about a lot of things. So I know some of those things I've grown from that I don't have to keep um, um, worrying about or stressing about um, or suffering from because basically those things, I, I looked at it from my standpoint, and I want everybody to understand that this is an individual perspective that only you know where you are. And that's the key point to this is you have to know where you are on a mental, physical, and spiritual health. What does that look like specifically for you? You can't match yourself up to anybody. You can't match yourself up to myself, Stephen, or the people on the call. But then again, assessing yourself and knowing how you need to be right for you and what's going to allow you to make it to that next growth spurt on the mental, physical, and spiritual level. One thing that I look at as, as physical, and some of you guys can relate to this, is I walk. I love to walk. I, lo I love to walk. That's some physical activity I do. I make sure I do breathing exercises and, and understanding um, that breathing, it, it, takes, it takes to be an art. And I practice proper breathing a lot too as well. What are some of the things that you do physical, um, Stephen? Well, I love that you it's so simple, so simple, but yet so effective. And the reason I know this personally is, and I've said this a couple times, is that I have a horrible habit of getting within my mental sometimes. And it's a it's why I speak so strongly on how it affects your overall spirituality and your physicality. Because when I'm stressing out and I'm depressed, I don't eat as consistently. I don't sleep as well. I'm not as motivated to go outside and enjoy the day. I don't want to exercise. I don't want to do anything that consists of energy or effort. And it's down. It's just down from the get-go. But I adopted a dog about a year and a half ago. And what this did for me was not only gave me a purpose to get up in the morning, to feed a dog, make sure it had water, make sure it had attention, affection, activities, you know, playtime, things of that nature. But it got me out of the house at minimum two times a day. And this dog's about 100 pounds. And he's a big dog who has a lot of energy. So ultimately, it forces me to spend an extra amount of time outside just to try and deplete some of that energy, just like you would a kid that you try and poop out before it's bedtime. And what it really came down to is I did this not to force myself per se, but yeah, kind of to force myself to get out of the house, to go on a walk two times a day, to be excited about something like a new dog, training, Time I'm putting aside to make sure I take care of this dog, that I put affection into it, that I put emotion into this, that I put value into this. Something as simple as adopting a dog got me out of the house, got me up at reasonable hours of the day, got me to start eating more consistently because I started to realize that my dog was having more meals than me. And it got to the point where I realized this dog, yeah, sure, I adopted this dog. And a lot of people say that really corny phrase, I didn't save him, he saved me. But ultimately, what it really came down to is a mutual relationship. I took care of this dog from the get and I still do every day. And I do everything I do for this dog most days. But every day that I get up a little bit earlier and I get up out of the house and I walk and I do that for my physical I do that for my mental. I take a chance to breathe, enjoy the sunshine and get outside. That's something in which that means the world to me because it's something in which I wasn't doing when I was at my lowest. And again, it's something so simple, walking. But all I had to do was get a dog. And for other people, it means different things. Some people don't want a dog. Some people are allergic. But there are things out there that can motivate you or inspire you or make you feel more inclined to do simple things for yourself. And it's the little battles, it's the little wins, it's the day-to-day -day stuff that you do to make your life better that ultimately makes the major differences. 
So for me, just like yourself, something as simple as walking, Judith, that's all it takes. And it can make my life that much better because it's that much different from when I'm at my lowest. And I totally agree with you. And um, um, James said, develop a system of measures of determination in your spiritual growth. I totally agree. That's one thing that I did was measure myself in my mental, my physical, and my spiritual. I started measuring myself. And sometimes they went a little lower sometimes than what I measured up to be for the next day. But then again, we still have to understand that, number one, you're going to have your highs and lows. What does that mean? You don't have to always be low. That means you don't have to always be high. But measure yourself to know that whatever that height is, and don't, and what I said, I will probably never be at 100 because that's the, that's the top of the scale because you're going to fluctuate. In, I fluctuate in between 85, 50, sometimes it might be 35 in, in different areas. But then again, how do I increase that every day? How do I do it? I increase it by assigning myself numbers to what I do. Like my walking might be 25, depending on how long I walk. Um, for spiritual growth, it might be praying. It might, you see, I, I assigned a point to it so I'll know that I'm increasing or I'm measuring how I want to feel. And most of the time when I reached a goal, you feel a certain type of way afterwards. But I wanted to put this concept in because I heard it in uh, one of my classes that I do is that it says, be a disciple for your life. I know we want to practice discipline, but how about we be disciples for our life? And I want us to understand what a, a disciple is. A follower, or a student of a teacher, leader, or a philosopher. We know what we want in our lives, and I know some of the synonyms says a follower, a hearing, a believer, admirer, pupil. Student, a protege, a learner, a upholder, a supporter, an advocate, a proponent. Look at those synonyms that's giving you something that you can bring to your life. And if you are a true disciple for your life, guess what? Those measures can increase. So I employ everyone that's on this line to be a disciple for your life and in your life. Be your own disciple. How does that sound? <laughs> we, 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 have to, we have to understand what does that mean of being a disciple. And it's also being a disciple of your well-being. How can we be a disciple of our well-being? Being a disciple of your well-being too. That being, be that life learner. Don't just stop just because you feel like you didn't reach the top. Be, it's something else that you can go always go out of there and read or learn or advocate just for yourself. See, I think, and, and, the, and the one thing that I learned from one of my classes too as well, that most of us are already giving so much that we become half empty quickly and nobody's pouring back into our cup. The one thing is fill my cup until it overflow. Until your cup reached the top, guess what? Stop putting other people in your cup they supposed to be for the overflow. So when your cup overfloweth, that's when you can give them the overflow. Most people haven't even got to that the, the, the bottom rim of the cup. They still got droplets in their cup. 
So we must understand we got to build and And, you know, I, I'm doing a whole 24 ounce type of jug, you know. So I'm still trying to I'm still building. I'm still building. And I can't give any more to anybody else until I'm able to reach that overflow. And that overflow is for everybody else when it starts spilling over, because now you have mastered your spiritual. You have mastered the mental. You have mastered the physical because basically you're in a point for the overflow so you can start giving to other people what you have learned, what you have mastered. Now you can go and create disciples from your story, from your testimony so we can move forward. I know that, that that's hard for a lot of people, but I think what we still have to understand that number one is you got to start taking charge of your life first. And what does that mean? As Stephen said, it starts with the natural. What does that natural look like? Those beliefs that we started believing in. They might be different in 2022. Those values might change. But in it, are you still assessing yourself? Are you measuring what's good only for you? Or you're measuring what's good for John, Tom, um, Sally, and everybody else around the block, and then you're comparing yourself to them. That's not a good thing. We're not able to still compete with other people from a standpoint. That's just like when you want to, you know, people tell you, oh, I want you to be this in life. But what do you want to be in life? What's your goal in life? What's your purpose in your life? What's your calling here in life? And that's the important thing is actually getting to the point of where you are having joy, peace, long suffering, all of those good benefits of blessings and the overflow. That's the part that we all need to reach together. Instead of doing everything else, start working initially on us. And that's why we want to talk about spiritual, mental, and physical health. Because Stephen said it. We all, we're saying it together that th the three of them is good together. But then again, you have to work on different ones. But then again, can we master all of them? Stephen? It's, it's like you said, and you made a really good analogy there with trying to be your own disciple and in turn making disciples of those of which who, who come to follow suit. <clears throat> you only have so much of yourself to give, and we've had this conversation before, withdrawals and deposits when it comes to emotional value, energy, and time, and even those things above that and physicality. It's important to remember that the word selfish is not a bad word. And that it is very crucial to your journey in figuring all of these things out. And in being selfish, it means that if you only have a couple droplets in your cup, well, it means you're not being selfish enough in the sense where you're not focusing enough of your attentions on yourself and the things of which that you need to do in order to acquire an overflow, like Judah said, so that you can give at a surplus. You can give at an excess. You can give more than you need to take yourself. And ultimately, that's where I think most of us want to be. And a big part of why I moved to California is I recognized there was a cap. I recognized that I was not going to be able to reach an overflow where I was in my life there in order to provide this surplus or to provide this excess to my family, to my friends, to my loved ones, and to the people who I wanted to take care of and the people who which I live for now. So when it comes down to it, a lot of them and still most of them, don't seem to necessarily understand why I had to move to California, 4,000, almost three, 4,000 miles away from them. <clears throat> and in order to do so, to be a little more selfish in suit. And what that meant for me was focusing more on myself, my mental health, my physical health, and my spirituality. There was too much background noise. There was too many other opinions. There was too much influence from other people the environment around me, and my inability to get over my mental in order to put it in a direction or a path that was worthwhile for me so that one day I could reach that overflow. 
And I don't think many of us consider the potential that all of us have in reaching that overflow. And a lot of times it's because we tell ourselves that we are capped out, that we are maxed out at our potentials due to circumstance. But a lot of times that mental is what our first cap is. It's the first boundary. It's the first thing in our way, the first obstacle that gets between us achieving what we can and staying where we are. And that's the difference between choice. You can stay where you are and remain stagnant and wonder why life never changes around you. Or you can move and do things different and look towards a better future for yourself. And a big part of that, again, I come full circle is being selfish. And I think that's something most, if not everyone from this show should now take away from by now, is that being selfish is not a bad word. It means putting the best foot forward for yourself so that down the line, when the people who really need you need your help, you don't just have $100 to give, you have 100000 You don't just have an hour to donate of your time, you have 100 hours of your time. You don't just have some energy to give them, you have all the energy in the world to give them. There's a difference between both experiences. In one experience, you help somebody with 100 bucks, and that gets them by for a day. In another experience, you give them $100,000, and that changes their life. So what's the point in not being selfish if it means down the line you could do more? And that's the hardest pill for most people to swallow and why it's tough to have those conversations about being your own disciple first. Because it comes down to figuring out how much selfish is appropriate and how much is just being selfish. Plain old selfish. And that's the give and the take that Judah just gave you guys with that analogy. If your cup just has a few drops in it and you know it, and only you can know it, then stop pouring your cup into the cups of other people because ultimately you don't have anything to give and you don't necessarily have to wait until you have an overflow to give but at least give yourself the bare minimum of what you need in your own cup before you start pouring it in everyone else's give yourself an excess give yourself a surplus give yourself an overwhelming amount of opportunity so that you in turn can give that to other people and i think that's ultimately what being a good person is doing the best for yourself so that you can in turn do the best and put that out into the world. And that's the point. Doing the best of what you can do to the best of your ability. If your thing is cutting grass and you want to do it, do it the best that anyone's ever done it. Do it with the best attitude. Do it with the best service. Do it with the best experience because that's what you find to be the best at what you do. If your purpose is heart surgery, then do that to the best of your ability. All of these things might gauge differently and different people's perspectives of good or successful or important needs or purposes, but ultimately we all have a purpose or a variety of purposes. And if you're never selfish and you never work to give yourself that excess, you're never going to figure that out. And I guarantee you that's why the majority of people who look back on their life with regret, I think it's why they do that because they never took those opportunities to be selfish enough to put themselves in the potential that would have put them where they would have rather been. And I don't want to look back on life with regrets, and I don't think any of us here on the show want to do so either. So let's try and focus a little more on being selfish because full circle, it's what's going to allow us the opportunity to focus on that physical, that mental, and that spiritual aspect in our lives that we all know we're neglecting. I love it. I love it. That is that 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 was superb right there. James said, um, "Classic man said, great point." James said, "Overflow." James said, "You can't do anything for someone until you have did for yourself first. I like that. I love it too. And I think what that's what people have to understand because we we have been taught to give. We've been taught to give, but then again, we haven't been taught to be selfish. We have not been taught to be selfish. And one thing that I learned is we've been taught to how to budget. But I'm going to ask a question to all the listeners. How many of you budget your energy? How many of you guys budget your energy? Let's start budgeting our energy. If you know somebody is getting on your nerves and they're taking away your energy, um, you know you can take some of that back by leaving the conversation. Budget your energy. You got to start measuring your energy. Some people will take you all the way and take all of your energy and you allow them to take you. That means you are an enabler of them taking your energy. 
guess what? Start budgeting it. You don't have to talk to everybody. You don't have to give everybody your energy. Guys, the thing is, I want us to start understanding that we need to be restorative of our energy. Because the thing is, if we don't start budgeting our energy, it's going to turn to dis-ease. Dis-ease meaning we're going to become uncomfortable. We're going to be like, oh, I don't want to talk to that person anymore. Or this, that, and the third. Because they are not pouring positive things into your mind, into your heart, into your physical, into your mental, into your spiritual. They're pulling a lot of negative things in which, guess what? If you can have a little, what they call a thermometer or, 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 or um, I'm going to call an energy meter and you start seeing yourself getting in the red and you're bubbling and you're upset, guess what? That's decreasing your energy. So you need to remove yourself so your energy can go back to that green area, not that bubbling, boiling area, because basically they're taking you there. You have control to leave that. You can say, I don't have to be here while you're hollering or arguing or giving me negative things. You have a choice. You have a choice. And the one thing that, you know, just be disciples. I don't know how to, I don't know how best to say it. Just be a disciple of your own life. That's one thing that got me through was being a disciple of, for my life. I had to mimic what my life was supposed to be like through the will of God. I had to mimic that. What is that? that what is that meant for me? I had to learn. I had to do the necessary thing to be a better me and focus only on me. That's what disciples do. They focus specifically on a thing or, or an event or something right there, then and now. And they, they move. How many years was the disciples disciples? It took some of them longer. Then they became apostles. You see how the mastering is going? You, you step up to something different every time. But then again, if you're steady, not budgeting your energy while you're doing this, guess what's going to happen? You're going to fall back into the same, same way, same thing, same that. But so I'm telling people, in order of us to measure and actually maximize our full potential, it has to be mental, physical, and spiritual. And am I going to say you're going to master them all? No. But then again, you can measure. And don't set your mastery to 100. I mean, no one's perfect. You can, you can master it at 25. Let that be your master. It's a 35, whatever that measure is, it has to be some type of measurement so you'll know that you're moved. And anytime that you have faith in what you're doing, because many of the disciples had faith in what they believed in. And in their belief, they continue to follow that faith, that, that action, that task they had to do. That action that they continued to do, yes, they had some backfalls, they had this, they had a lot of things going on. But at the end of the day, if you stand on your own two feet and understand what your particular life was called and purpose for, you will be able to sustain that health. Yes, are we going to go through physical ailments? Yes. Are we going to go through spiritual warfare? Yes. Are we going to go through mental disorder? Yes. But then again, we can manage it if we become better disciples for our own lives. I know we're at the top of the hour, but I am enjoying this conversation. This is something that is true and near dear to my heart because these are three things that I worked on. And I know that as people, we can work on them, but then again, we got to have the ingredients and the right ingredients for your individual life. We have to have that right ingredient for our individual lives, uh, that right ingredients for your individual life. So before we leave here today, do we have any comments, any questions that you want to ask of myself or Steven? Classic man, I see you on the top. I don't know if you have anything to say. You can come on board right quick. 
Sorry, I had to get off mute. No, but I, I like the points that were given today, so thank you. All right, let's close us out, Stephen, with those words of wisdom. I, I just, I want people to definitely start looking, assessing yourself, measuring yourself, and also being a disciple for your life. Be a disciple for your life. Go ahead, Stephen. Uh, I want to start off by saying, you know, we, we've had a, a good amount of shows by now, and I, I definitely recognize a lot of names like James, Z-Tip, Classic Man, Iana, you know, Courtney in the chat, things like that. Uh, but I also recognize a lot of new people as well. So I just want to thank everybody who's stopped by in the past and who's been here since the beginning, those of which have started coming in the middle of the show and those of which are with us towards more of the end of the season now. Um, but we're getting a lot of good points across that I think would be influential to every show we're having. So if you've missed anything beforehand, uh, I believe Judah has links that he can provide you guys if he doesn't already have them in his bio. Uh, on his social media so that you guys can listen back in to prior shows and get a understanding of anything you might have missed if you weren't able to make the last couple shows. But uh, all in all, the last thing that uh, James said was be a good example. And I think that's a great thing to close on right there is that we are trying all of us here by having these conversations to be a better version of ourselves. And I immediately introduced myself as an average Joe on this show because that's exactly what I am, just a regular old person who has the ups and downs in life just like everybody else. And just like the three things of which that Judah and I are focusing on today, which is your mental and your physical and your spiritual, the three key things of which that we're going to be working on throughout this season and before and after the fact, these are things of which you're never going to stop working on. While you are working on these things, remember that the golden rule is found in every religion almost. The golden rule being treat others as you would like to be treated. And then by being a good example, sometimes people might not always like the example you are leading, at least not off the bat. But if it's a matter of you not hanging out on the weekends late night, you go to bed at 9 p.m., you don't go out drinking or smoking with your friends, and they see you and they get upset, oh, man. Steve's always, you know, going to bed at 8, 9 p.m. now. He's such a bum. But after a while, they start to recognize, no, Steve's doing what's important for Steve because Steve realized he's not sleeping enough these days. He's not eating enough. He's not treating his body and his mind right. So be a good example, even if it doesn't always mean that everybody's going to understand the example you're leading. Be a good example to the best of your ability because ultimately by being a good example, by treating others as you would like to be treated, and by pursuing the best of yourself, by being a little bit selfish, you will put out the best you can into the world that you can today, and you'll put out the potential to be the better version of yourself tomorrow. So let's keep being a little selfish. Let's be a good example while we're doing it. And thanks to everyone who's been stopping by and supporting us this whole time we've been doing this show. Yes, thank you, thank you. Be good examples. I, I think that that summed it up. I think one thing that we still have to understand, and like Stephen said, yes, thank you, everyone who's been here from day one. Those who are joining on, definitely, we're 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 not at an end just yet. We're not going to end it. We are ending season five on March 29th, but we're not ending this because we want to keep this going but we will have a season six coming after this because the live show must continue to go on because it can reach so many other people and i know our next topic for next week is what are your importance in your life and see i think what people don't understand you don't start with you you start with mom 